everybody. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sisters podcast, where we give you our point of view. I'm Tamia Harper, and I'm joined by my sisters, Sabrina Wood. Hey, everybody. JD. Howdy. And Yvette Blackman Tom. What's up? <laughs> Today, we are fangirling like crazy, uh, and we're oh. super excited. See, there you go, fangirling. <laughs> I guess that's the international sound of fangirling. Because uh, <laughs> we have our very first <laughs> guest on our show. Um, he's the co-host of the Seventh Rule podcast with uh, Ryan T. Husk, and he's best known for his role on Star Trek Deep Space Nine as Jake Sisko, uh, Ben Sisko's son. But hopefully we can get him to squeeze in a little bit of information about his roles in Star Trek gods of, of gods and men and um i'm really interested in i'm through with white girls the inevitable undoing of jay brooks <laughs> so welcome to the one and only sirak lofton hello hello thanks for having me guys i appreciate it sci-fi sisters all the way you know what we do <laughs> We do it. Thanks for joining us. We're so excited that you're here. We wanted to talk about um, what the mat part of the magic of uh, Deep Space Nine was this wonderful representation of positive black healthy relationships. So, you know, we wanted to talk about black love uh, and and what Deep Space Nine was doing and how far ahead at the time they were and what it means to us now and whatever other good stuff we can get into. But, um, you know, before we get into all of that, like you started acting at a really young age, right? Yeah, I started um, acting about nine years old. Holy cow, you were just a baby. You were like, you were still a baby on the set, right, of Deep Space Nine? I was a baby on the set of Deep Space Nine, and I was a baby on other things that I did before Deep Space Nine commercials and and all the you know all the other stuff that got me prepared for working with those guys that were really on the high level. Um, so yeah, I started out really young. In the grandchild, you like you're not that much younger than me, so you were coming up at a time when. Uh, we had a lot of black shows on television, but none of them were the top shows. Like I was doing research for this and I looked and there were no black shows that topped in the top 30, except for uh, like during the time that, that Deep Space Nine was on, which was 1993 to 1999. Uh, and, but we did have a lot of black television, but it was all sitcoms. Right. If, I mean, if we set the scene that way, we'd look into what Deep Space Nine was doing, how different it was when it came out to have this black male protagonist uh, with the son, a single father. All the other shows that we had showing black faces on TV were all comedies. Right? Yeah, and one. I loved them, though. This is Sabrina. I loved them all. We had Fresh Prince and Bill Cosby and Family Matters. And Sirac, were you not on Moesha? Did I remember this correctly? Did you do one episode? I did, yeah. I, I did episode. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, Brandy and I, we went to junior high school together. So um, we were the two actors in our junior high school. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but going back to what you were saying, yes, a lot of it was um, comedy, and that was that was the um, 
roles that they were willing to accept us in, you know, as long as we were making people laugh and they were okay with it. I think um, the Cosby show really showed like a, a more upscale family with, with uh, Cosby being a doctor and his wife being an educator. So they, they, they showed a more educated family, even though it was still comedy. But um, I was a big fan of those shows too, Different World. Yes, um, that's my show. You know, <laughs> yeah, I was a fan of those shows too. And they, they were big in the culture. But as far as drama is concerned, they didn't really want to they didn't really want to either take us seriously or show us in a serious light. Right. And I think that that's where um, what Avery did with with uh, DS9, what we did is is important. And we felt it. I mean, oh, we yeah. knew when we were watching it that this was stuff that we did not see anywhere else. Because even though those comedies managed to put a lot of drama into episodes, especially French Prince and you know Different World, they did it. You know, they snuck it in, <laughs> but um, it wasn't that it wasn't the A story. It was definitely maybe the B story. But um, Deep Space Nine just had these arcs and people and characters that we were just loving it. And I tell you, you definitely had a soft spot in my heart from the minute you got off of that fishing pier in your, <laughs> <laughs> your little coveralls. I was <laughs> like, oh, man, so cute. Be good. This is going to be good. I always tease him, but he looked like baby. And we used to call him baby. He's like Jake. Tom Sawyer. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was something really beautiful, and I remember those moments because you know, obviously, that was Avery and I kind of building the beginning of our relationship, and he was like instant about taking me under his wing and just um, treating me like his own child. So that that kind of happened really quickly. It wasn't. It didn't take much for us mm -hmm. to start off on a good foot. And, um, but going back, you know, once again to what we were talking about, there were other shows even preceding ours, you know, the shows like Good Times and 227 yep. and uh, <clears throat> the Jeffersons. And I mean, they're just all kind of shows that showed black leads, um, but, you know, all, mostly in the realm of comedy. And so having a, a black, um, a show about black people that's, not about making you laugh. And, you know, the history goes back to uh, Step and Fetch It, you know, Lincoln right. Marriott doing the Step and Fetch It. Um, and, and that was like, you know, he's, he was the first uh, millionaire black actor on television. And, and uh, but again, he was only allowed to do certain roles that were in these in the vein of comedy and in the vein of these gross stereotypes that portrayed us in the negative light, which is why, once again, Deep Space Nine really took a big step by taking us seriously and showing us in a serious way and, and, and you know, in an educated um, posture. Right. And, and it was interesting because those shows that you mentioned that did have Black father figures in them and they did maintain comedy. But we all know what happened to John Amos as soon as he wanted to keep that show, you know, with him as the lead and they they got him out what they killed him off and you know made it all about dynamite and it was mm -hmm. just sort of like wow really are we gonna do this so yeah when 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 ben cisco came along and came with joe and jake 
we were like, oh, buddy, this is it. This is it. All right, now I'm serious about this. And so I loved that show. I loved it. Loved the family. I loved all the iterations of Black Love. And since that's what we're talking about tonight, right, Tamir? Right, JD? Right, right. Yvette? Talking about love, baby. <laughs> Cisco yeah. love. Cisco love. We just know <laughs> how much we love the Cisco family, all the Cisco's. Yes. Were you aware, Sarak, at the time when uh, you were working on the show, how important it was going? Like, did you have any sense that this was going to be important later on? Or were you aware of how singular it was at the time? No, I had no idea. I, I didn't know. For me, it was just like another uh, job for me, you know, something new and a new challenge. I didn't really know about the history of Star Trek and how big the the franchise is as far as the following and the fans. Um, and when and when we first started, I think we were almost um, expected to fail in some ways. At least that's how the reviews sounded. So when we were getting feedback from how people were receiving us, a lot of it sounded negative, like, "Oh, this is a dark show. This is not really Star Trek." Uh, it's a space station. This is, you know, Gene Roddenberry didn't have his hand in creating this particular right. show. Mm -hmm. and, and so all the uh, feedback was negative. And uh, so that kind of let, let us, at least let me feel uncertain about what our future was going to be. I didn't expect to, to be doing the show for that long at that point. I was thinking, well, we might just get canceled into that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so don't make any long-term plans. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, wow, what a difference a couple of yeah. decades make, huh? <laughs> Sounds like something yeah. we've been we deal with now with Discovery. Sounds like the it, same I, I, same complaint. Exactly. I keep saying, come back and come back in ten years and tell me what you think. Right. Playing hopefully a long game here with Star Trek. Hopefully, it won't take game. another ten or twenty years for you know, more people to hop on the bandwagon and realize, you know, what a gift they got going. I hear honey in the background. I'm laughing like crazy. That's a vet's dog. Dog, love. <laughs> dog loves us too. The dog wants to talk to some rock. I'm trying to put the mute on, but yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the things about uh, Deep Space Nine that is just so incredible is that it, it was a long game that they were playing. So the arcs are, and that was one of the first shows that was written that way. So it was hard for people to come in and it wasn't episodic. And so, you know, people had to hang in there and, right. and follow the show. But they were like, oh, this is in Star Trek. Oh, my God. You know, we didn't follow up. We didn't finish up with the aliens tonight. And, you know, it was just really getting on my nerves because I remember these reviews. I remember them yeah, vividly. Yeah. And, um, you know, I kept waiting, like, oh, what's going to happen next? I can't wait. You know, so it was interesting. But. I'm glad that people now, especially with the ability to binge it, which seems to have absolutely given it like a whole nother following that, you know, wasn't there for the original, even wasn't there when it was in rerun. But these uh, Netflix binging people that are just discovering it, like, really, you just coming on to the, okay, whatever. But <laughs> like, oh, oh, they are. Hello. Yeah, yeah. they, they yeah. come like, oh, wow, it's you an know. arc. You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, before Game of Thrones, there was Deep Space Nine. So Thank you. just to right. understand that. Yeah, <laughs> please, folks. And I mean, it's like, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's a generational thing. And I think it's just like uh, when my parent, when I was in the car with my parents, I was listening to their music. 
you know, and, and so therefore I knew music two, three generations removed from from myself. And say if 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 they don't have somebody to teach you and to show you sometimes that you know where you came from and to teach you the history of what you're listening to today was built on this, which was built on that, which was built on that, then you know it's gonna be a harder road for them to tell. You know, that those Thank God those kids are finding it now. I mean, it's a really receptive audience now. They're built for this type of storytelling. Right. Yeah. And and they're true. and they're ready to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started watching Deep Space Nine, like I wasn't um in Sabrina's generation, so I wasn't so entrenched into the original series and that mode of of storytelling that I couldn't just switch and go with it. You know, when when Deep Space Nine gave me a different option, it was still novel, but I wasn't resistant to it. And I think a lot of people became really resistant to it just because they lived for so long with things being one way, being done this one way. 48 minutes. That's it. (laughs) Come back next next week. You got some horrible thing happened to you this episode, but next week you're fine. (laughs) You're good to go. Trauma's over. Not a problem. Right. A different (laughs) girlfriend every episode. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of girlfriends, Speak, yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Sabrina. You got, you got my attention on that one. Go ahead, Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So we're talking about black love, and so of course, as you know, in the Sci-Fi Sisters, I am like the classic historian here, and uh, my brother would be so proud. He's the real historian. I always want to give you the background for whatever we're talking about. So we went back and kind of researched. Like, I went into Greek mythology, or you know, Greek philosophy. And they have a thing about there are eight kinds. Can you believe this? There were eight kinds of love. And all of them were depicted on Deep Space Nine. So how deep is that? So we're going to talk tonight about affectionate love. That's in love between deep friendships. There's enduring love, which is a mature love that deepens over time. And we see that with Cisco and Dax, that friendship we see with Jake and Nog. Familiar love, which we see with Joe, Ben, and Jake. There's romantic love, which we get with Cassidy. Thank you, Jake Cisco, for pairing them up. Yes. <laughs> we have playful love, which I I I always remember the one. It's, it's like Fenna and and Jake with his girlfriend in the um, Jake and your girlfriend in the Double Girls. Oh, Jake, Jake and your Bajoran girls, baby. Bajor- <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, we know it was a Bajoran. That centered was, place. Yeah, was, yeah. He, he was He found her. He found her. Obsessive loves. Jake was get, always. Can I just say that Jake was always like shooting up above his age. He sure was. I, you were just like my little <laughs> brother, know, man. I, <laughs> I like older women. What can I say? You know, <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, there might be some ladies out there that are really happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no shame. No shame in that. Well, all right. So we've got all these different kinds of love. And we've got, like I said, we've got them all in different um, episodes. And um, we've listed a few episodes that we wanted to get a little deeper in with you. We're going to save the best for last because I know it's one Tamiya wants to ask you about. But, but um, because you because of the seventh rule, we definitely want to talk about Jake and Nog, which was definitely um, the affectionate love, the deep friendship, minds on the same wavelength and that relationship between Jake and Nog it was just it was just precious I mean we were just watching storytellers and it was you and Jake you know fighting over this young girl that came on the station who had to talk about some treaty or something and Jake was uh, Nog was liking her but she was liking Jake <laughs> it was just uh-huh. 
too cute to do you go over and over you were fighting over ringing the doorbell with this this girl <laughs> yeah don't embarrass yourself man <laughs> yeah no. I, I, I remember that episode it was a lot of fun Oh yeah, it looked like you guys were having a good time. So I, I just loved, you know, was there, was there one of your favorite Jake Nog episode? I mean, uh, there's so many. I there guess are. one of my there are. Yeah, put you on the spot, man. There's so many. Um, I, I like the I like the moment where where Jake is teaching Nog how to read. I love I that. that. Yes, I love that. I just thought that's important, you know, because. As friends, we want to be there for each other and always try to do the best we can to help our friends grow and be better people. And I think that was a good example of that. It also shows the power of of literacy, and and I don't, you know the story about how how many black people have been uh, had to sneak sneak in to read books and how many of them had to you know, conceal the fact that they learned, they knew how to read or write and, or, or were taught how to read and write under those similar conditions, you know, um, by somebody who was a friend. So that's kind of um, reminiscent of that kind of friendship and that kind of bond. I thought that was a big thing for the, for Jake and Nock. I actually thought about that when I first saw that episode. It made me really, you know, especially the visual of it, to see the two of them crouching on the floor in a low, a kind of low lit room, you know, and um, and the fact that when when Cisco comes in and he looks and he observes what's going on, you can sort of see all of that. Uh, travel through his mind, you know, as he says, as he just turns away and he smiles a little bit and turns away and just lets y'all be and do what you're doing, you know, and also the pride that he had in his son for, you know, for doing this great act for, you know, for and, and standing up to him and defying him in order to do something that was actually very good. But yeah, it was, that was a wonderful moment. I, that's one of my all time favorite Star Trek moments. Yeah. I, exactly. One of those ones where you're just like, oh, my God, this show is so deep. Yeah, there's also, I mean, there's also the unlikely friendship of two people with so di so different backgrounds. And we talk about that in our own lives as we try to overcome racism yeah. and, and the differences that we have um, between each other. You know, um, I was watching a documentary on Nina Simone and, and she was talking about a, uh, an older white lady that helped her or taught her how to play the piano. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I can envision that, you know, that, that this unlikely couple of people that you wouldn't think are, would be together are together mm -hmm. and work and working to, to, you know, to better, to better each other. So I thought that's pretty, that that's what the Jake and Nog, uh, story reminds me of those kinds of moments. <laughs> oh man, I yep. love that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sabrina. No, I was just going to say um, it's funny that you say Nina Simone, but there's also a similar story about you know uh, Louis Armstrong because that name Satchmo is a name that was given to him by the Jewish family that taught him, took them, took him under his wing and taught him how to play the trumpet, and he was called Satchmo because of that, those people. It wasn't like he got some jazzy name. It was a <laughs> long time home name from um, this, this, these neighbors that 
different different race. They were just like, hey, here's the talent. We're gonna get this kid this trumpet and let him, you know, let him have at it. That's but fine. um, I think yeah, my favorite, yeah, yeah it's, it's you know, I, I I the one that I the one that always gets me is we just saw it recently on uh, Seventh Rule. It was when oh you guys God. were saying goodbye to each other when Nog was going off to Starfleet Star- and you right. saying goodbye <laughs> to the spot. Still his friend. <laughs> and I that one always gets me when he said this was a good spot. And I'm like, yeah, man. That's when you know he's your friend. <laughs> yeah, you know, and what makes me laugh too is that yeah. scene where the two of us are having a double date <laughs> and he asks his girlfriend to chew his food for him. Oh <laughs> and, and you would think that's a, that's a deal breaker. Right. About other <laughs> that was going to be one of the worst dates ever in Star yeah. Trek. That just ended so really? badly. And that's meanwhile, my, yeah, my date was uh, the girl Lark Voorhees from Saved by the Bell, yeah. who I actually yes. had a crush on growing up. So <laughs> the fact that she was ruined that chance, it was even worse. You were know? <laughs> like, oh, fine, and everything. That you know, was just like, I mean, every time I see that scene, it's just like you just cringe. You're like, no. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I remember those teenage hormones too. The, it, the, a moment like that, the stuff that my friends did would just make me so embarrassed. I would just get embarrassed, like at the drop of a hat, you know, when I was a teenager. And if my friend was messing up, it's like, oh my God, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to recover from this. I felt like I couldn't show my face at school. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's going to yeah. know, everybody's going to be talking about it. <laughs> For real. But I, I like to. I like what you were talking about, um, as far as uh, showing the two different races, two different kinds of people. You know that it was. It, it showed it in a way that was kind of fearless. You know, and and I think that there is a fearlessness in loving, and especially as black folks in this country, um, to be open to experiences from outside of our culture, I think is uh, a courageous act and a revolutionary act. And, right. um, and so I, I love the fact that they were showing uh, this relationship, like you said, across these different cultures that was really strong, you know, and uh, un- like you said, unlikely pairs, Always, you know, yeah. sort of um, uh, the Archie Bunker and stuff, you know, like that type of, that type of pairing, you don't think like, uh, George Jefferson and Archie Bunker are going to have find common ground, right. but they do have a lot of commonalities. But it, mm-hmm. it, it takes courage to cross yeah. this cultural divide, you know. And usually, There's and I love how right? DS Nine used the children because it's always the kids mm-hmm. take us further. You know, mm-hmm. it's always kids who go another step. And you know, I remember, mm-hmm. you know, my parents raised me to uh, right be respectful of other people and to treat everybody the same and da 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 but the first time i brought home a white boyfriend yeah. <laughs> there was there was discussion in the household yeah he's like, I, don't, you know? I don't want to see you there was a discussion again. you know yeah. because it was like oh my god how can you be mm-hmm. uh living this way it, it's what we taught you yeah but mm-hmm. you know we didn't really mean it for like, you to do I it mean, you know? i didn't mean all that right. <laughs> and the kids so the next generation was like well this is what i've learned my whole life what's the problem you know, even in the show, I mean, when the show starts, uh, this Ben is like 
don't play with that that Ferengi boy and, yeah, and like, I don't ever want to see like again. the same way. Mm-hmm. Stay away from mm-hmm. the human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in fact, the parents were against it. it. It was the two boys that were like, you know, hey, we're gonna just hang out. Even though he was taking you down the wrong path, Sarak. He he sure was. You had to. <laughs> you had to <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad boy there. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> He was a troublemaker. He was um, a thug. <laughs> we made some money, though. We made some money, though. You know, we yes. did make some money. Fighting, um, <laughs> no, stealing know. buckets. What else did the boy oh, do? Yeah. Uh, saw, the, okay, tell, answer things. this question for me. When, they, when, when Nog is supposed to throw the, the, the fake Cisco, I mean, the fake um, Odo stuff out of the bucket. He throws it on you. you <laughs> they cover you with oatmeal. Like, what was that? <laughs> so How many takes did you have to do with that one? Because you were covered. <laughs> yeah, you know, I forgot that yeah, until I too. saw it. It, it brought <laughs> such bad <laughs> memories because I, I hate being messy. I, I like being clean. How <laughs> did <Other laughs> you? And, and I and I just know I just know dripping wet with oatmeal. Nah, that was not I was not cool with that. It's so fresh and so clean, clean. I think Aaron. So I think clean. Aaron was seriously laughing at you too. He was he was busting a gut. That made it even worse. The fact that he enjoyed it because <laughs> he would enjoy those moments. Um, but no, I mean just the just the fact that you know we come from these two big. Um, culturally different backgrounds, and it reminds me of even when my own childhood. I, you know, uh, when I was in elementary school, there was a kid who came to our school, and his name was Abdul, and he was from Afghanistan, and he was the only kid from Afghanistan in our school, and he, he had this, you know, traditional kind of look to him, and um, and everybody didn't want to talk to him at the, at our school. They were like making fun of his look. He had these birthmarks on his face, so they made fun of that. They made fun of the, the fact that he dressed differently, and um, I took it. I took it upon myself to like go and get to know him better, and talk to him, and be his friend. And um, that friendship lasted. I mean, you know, all through from elementary to college. So, wow. uh, and I learned a lot about somebody else's culture right i i think we're we're afraid of things that we don't know about say okay they'll keep that away from me i don't know much about that and and that's how uh other cultures look at black people and they say i don't really want to get to know what that is and you just keep it away from me and that's fine but if you if you just willing to take that step to kind of get to know and and let those kind of preconceived notions go away and and just explore a little bit you you can and will be surprised by the quality of people that you meet you know their their intelligence their compassion their honesty um and 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 you can you can be pleasantly surprised and then you just have to overcome that first hurdle of that person is different than me right right yeah. right and you don't know what kind of gold you're going to strike once you do that Exactly. I'm so yeah. So we're gonna. I'm I wanted to ask um, a couple more questions because one of the other things I did love about the show was that you had the three generations of mm-hmm. Cisco's in this show, and uh, Brock Peters is somebody that you know. I I also love classic Hollywood, 
And so when Brock came into the show as <laughs> Joseph going, not the bad, you know, the bad admiral, the Bradmiral. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, good, you know, <laughs> please yeah. don't, don't kill him off of Wayne, but Wayne, right, right. So, right. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, man, really? He's the one. And, you know, um, I, I was just amazed because I, I remember Brock Peters, honest to God, he, he reminds me so much of my father with his looks that mm. I, I could hear him saying some of this stuff and making me peel potatoes and things like, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so that just really made such a big difference to me when, you know, Ben was so attached to his father. I loved the episode Homefront, the two-parter. Because yes. all three of you are together at the restaurant. And I, I just love those two shows, even though, you know, shit's breaking loose, but... <laughs> <laughs> it was a great show. So how did how did you, how was it working with Brock? I mean, Brock is remarkable. I mean, he, he's one of the people that paved the way for people like me, Absolutely. people like Avery. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so he 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 earned his stripes. But one of the things that made it special, just seeing three generations of black men on television, um, because th- there is an assault on black men in in this country. That's right. And and we, we lead the incarceration. We lead um, the police brutality numbers. I mean, they're, they're, they're after us in mm-hmm. some type of way mm-hmm. or another. Tell it, brother. And, and um, you know, and you don't get to see uh, black men in the position of being good fathers or being educators or being businessmen. Um, they just don't put those kind of images out there. Every time we look up and see black men, they're always being, you know, portrayed in a very negative light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's really the the big, the power of that. Avery used to say, you know, we're, this is about black people in the future. This is about seeing ourselves in the future, five, four, 500 years into the future. We're still here. Right. Uh, we're still part of the. We're still part of it. We're still an integral part of the way society functions, and I think that's an important thing that you know that he held on to and mm-hmm. and, made, and made sure to convey. But just the fact that you don't see black men in positive light doing their thing, and and in this case, you did see fathers, businessmen, leaders, uh, good students, good captains. You know. Saving the um, universe, saving right. saving these white people again. God, he was a, he was a god. He was a god. He was yeah. a god. That's right. He was a demigod. And and yeah. I want one thing I want to say about uh, what Sarak and Sabrina was saying is that I love the 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 triad of Joe, Ben, and Jake. Mainly mainly because of what Sarak said about the assault on black men, and from slavery, we never saw black men loving not just loving, just being loving people, human beings. Gentle. Gentle, not even gentle, just love, love Mm. in all senses. You know, Mm. uh, Joe loved his son. I mean, he loved him fiercely. uh, Ben loved Jake fiercely. You know, Jake loved his grandfather and his father. He loved his father because I was just watching, was it, I forgot which one it was when, Ben is having those visions. Oh, rapture? Rapture. So yeah, rapture. Jake is like, I know this means everything to you, but I need you. Right. I cannot live without you. You know, and he had to make that decision at 18. Um, though I was um 
I guess I was, I, I didn't have children at the t time when DS9 first came on, but I was getting ready to get married. And I always tell the story that DS9 just portrayed black love so well. Um, I grew up in a household with, you know, my mother and my stepfather, and they were very much in love. My godparents very much in love. But when you watch TV, like you said, the people, the black people on TV were a joke. Mm -hmm. um, they might have been in a loving relationship, but there was always a laugh track. So, mm -hmm. you know, you, you kind of dismissed it. And it always mm -hmm. seemed to me like um, it's the thing where white people don't want to see us as people. They mm -hmm. want to see us as entertainment. And DS9 took that away from them. And I think that's why they don't even mention it as a black show. You know, I know, right. uh, I think Ira said it on um, uh, What We Left Behind is that it wasn't even mentioned as one of the black shows on, on TV during that time when the, the lead was a black man. Right. Uh, and it wasn't even recognized as being a black show. Um, so I, that's the reason why I wanted to do this love uh, segment because there's so much more to it than, um, although I love Ben and, and Cassidy, I love them to death. Believe me, I, I want to write fanfics about them the way <laughs> I love them so much. But Joe, uh, Ben, and Jake are just everything because this is, I, I, I don't even think we see it now where three generations of Black men uh, head a show, uh, save the universe. Uh, love each other, run a business, and still live in New Orleans, which is, that's Black America. Right Come on, there. right. Even okay. that city was like, right. yes, so let's hear it. The, the, the pay the homage, the homage to Black mm -hmm. Americans, that's what I love that. Uh, being a Black American, uh, the, the, grand, the great, grand, great, great granddaughter of slaves, you know, it meant everything to me. And I think I know it meant everything to people I knew. Uh, I know it meant everything to you know, like my my brother. He 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 didn't. He's not a Star Trek fan, but he definitely knows about uh, Hawk. And when Hawk was on DS Nine, he was like, "Oh, I watched that a little bit," you know. But <laughs> you know, but I just I just wanted to make that point that you guys made those points about you know how you know the assault on the black man. It's 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 been going on since slavery the assault mm -hmm. on the black man. And it's not, it's not in, it hasn't ended it. They're going to find something else, you know, it's always something. So I think, I think DS9 is so important in that sense. And I don't think people talk about that enough, how the black men run that show. They, they bring it to, to the point where, you know, you can watch that and feel really good about yourself and see black people in a totally different way. Cause they never shied away from him being black, which I, Mm -hmm. which I also loved, you know, so that's my piece. <laughs> yeah, or, and, and, and or that he was loving, you know. And yes, the fact he that was he extremely was a loving. loving. Yes, yeah. he kiss, he's always kissing him. Oh, I so love it when he kisses Jake. I love it when he kisses Jake. There were always those moments of, yeah. uh, of intimacy and tenderness, real tenderness. Yes, that's um, what I'm they, talking about, the loving, that we, yes. That yes, we never yes. got to see uh, amongst men, but especially amongst black men. We yes. were, yes, I was uh, thinking about it, especially during that time, it was um, if it was either the Huxtables on one side or you were some type of perpetrator being walked into the police station on NYPD Blue. Right. Like there was no, or, you know, or like you said, you were a joke. 
you know, like, so the, the Huxtables was not a common experience, but I mean, it wasn't uncommon either. I mean, well, that's what, that was what a lot of people was like, I didn't grow up like the Huxtables. Well, I, I did. did. I, did. <laughs> I did. Am I less black right. because I grew up right. that way? Like, right. no, I'm not. Um, but, you know, but, the, but like you said, the choices of, of how we were represented was, was a real different ball game back then. And I mean, I think now the difference is that we are finally getting more ownership of, of how we are represented. We're getting, uh, we're creating our own spaces and our own spaces at the table. We're not asking to for spaces at the table. We're creating our own spaces, just like what Sci-Fi Sisters is doing. You know, we're not asking for um, mainstream fandom to accept us or hear what we're talking about. The conversation is moving. The conversation is now like, well, who do I want to talk to? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go here and talk. To, I'm not I'm not going to convince you of anything. I'm not going to justify my reason for being or living. I'm just going to do me. But Gil Scott Heron, uh, my favorite quote from Gil Scott Heron, just shut up and be black. Right. <laughs> Whitey's on the moon. You know, <laughs> shut up and be black. So I don't need your permission to do or be what I am. I'm just going and doing it. I think, but 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 we can do that now because of shows like DS9. Exactly. You know, from in my life, Deep Space Nine was integral in getting me to this level of thinking. If I hadn't had Avery Books there to help plot that out and show me how it was, and Cassidy Yates to show me what that hey. looked like. Oh, as an independent woman who was doing her own thing, confidently running her yes. own sphere, everything in her sphere she ran, you know, I was like, to show me that that was possible and how it looked, you know, Captain I don't know. Captain to you, Captain. My, yeah. my favorite scene between, <laughs> um, between Ben and, and Cassidy, I think I've told you guys before, is when they're lying in bed together, she has to get up and go to work. And she's she he pulls her back in and they you know do their little talk and then she leaves and he smells her pillow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then he throws his pillow away and lays on her lays pillow. On her pillow. <laughs> so I I love that because I know how black men are about uh especially I don't know about what white women, black women's hair and the way it smells. Um mm -hmm. because you know, I've, I've had that experience. So <laughs> I didn't realize, I, I, didn't realize I was going that way. But then, and I, it made me think of things, you know, that has happened. So I just love that scene. I think of, when I think about them, I think about that scene because that just shows, I don't know, it's just a black experience. You know what I mean? That's, mm -hmm. that's another black experience that just was like, yes, we that's got that, what, that's, we that got happens. That. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that stuff happens, you know? And where else have I, I've never seen that again. So yeah, I just love them. Yeah, I'm writing fanfics. Ooh, I forgot about that. I'm gonna have to run that show tonight. Right. And you know, what's great. Cause I, you always wonder if that was scripted or not. If right. Avery just if Avery threw that in himself, did he just no, like throw that okay. in, or was you know? <laughs> that's did you right, that's like, Avery. Y'all have Avery. no black writers. Exactly. He wrote that. He wrote that. Right. Where's the script director that said he tosses <laughs> pillow? Because uh -oh. it's her hair was on that, and he was because he's oh he was always touching her hair. Yes. 
you know, yeah. and only your man touches your hair. You got that Nobody right. Nobody else touches <laughs> a black woman's <laughs> hair but your man. So he was always caressing her hair. So I'm sure it smelled like her. I, there was like, y'all like, nobody wrote that. Come on. They didn't write that. No. Mm -mm. Did y'all have black writers? No. Mm -mm. No, we did not. Penny <laughs> had such beautiful hair, too. She, she did. She, has, so she still has beautiful hair. She does. I love her. We need oh, to get yeah. her on. Sirac, so, what were you about to say? You look like you were about to say something. I'm sorry. No, I was uh, just just thinking about that, and but I was also thinking about how it wasn't an act because um, Avery is like that. He he is like how his character is as far as being a father, a loving father, uh, as far as being a committed husband. Um, I've watched him do these things with my own eyes, so I've, I know that that's just who he is, and that's how he is. Family means everything to him. And I mean, he, he would take, he would fly back to the uh, East Coast just to be with his family um, on the weekends. Mm -hmm. So he would work a 70 hour week, 80 hour week, and then Friday night on Red Eye, catch a flight and go back to Jersey, be with his family, just to be with them for the, you know, part of the day Saturday and then part of the day Sunday because he had to leave back on Sunday to get there by Monday right, morning right. at 6 o'clock in the morning, Monday morning. So he dedicated his life to being a family man and, and, and putting his kids through college and making sure that his daughter got a Georgetown degree and that, you know, his kid, his son's... <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, he, he put his kids to school. He, he dedicated his life to, to to being a father, and so there are black men that do that. Oh yeah, you know, and and, and that <laughs> and that's why it's important to show it because they only show us the ones that are don't do it, the absent families, the broken families. But there are there are families that are still functional or still working on their black love and trying to make it work and mm -hmm. making sacrifices because that's how we all got here because of the sacrifices that the people before us had to make that's right. to get us here that's right i mean the, the ultimate black love you know i always i was wondering how much um impact being with avery at those formative years of your development uh has had on the man that you've become and on how you're and how you are as a father or a partner um you know i'm enjoying being a dad i'm trying to be uh impart the same kind of life lessons that uh, avery did for me and um just being there and, and being loving as a father too you know so my daughter knows that i'm here for her and that i love her um so yeah it, it impacted me a lot of ways it also impacted me how to be a gentleman and not be disrespectful with people especially women um i never saw avery call anybody out of their name or be anything less than an absolute gentleman with with a woman so that's another thing i think we can all benefit from is just by how we treat the women that we love how we treat our mothers, how we treat our sisters, how we treat our, our girlfriends and wives. So I think that's one thing I learned, I learned from him too, is how to be a gentleman 
um, how not to cross the line, but also how to be tough and strong when you have to be tough and strong and, and let people know this is the line and I'm not letting nobody cross this particular mm-hmm. line. Oh boy, yeah, those are the, those are some of my favorite Cisco scenes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When he yeah, snapped this you back, he snapped That's everybody yeah. on that station back at least sure. once. At least once. <laughs> at least once. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. he does. And so, and like you say, he just had so much. Like he was never yell at them or something. I mean, he would just, he would just uh, let you say your thing and then just tell you, "Here's the line. Let me tell you about this." I mean, I, I just love the way he did it every time. Mm-hmm. He even had Worf back, and Dale Worf was afraid of him. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He did. He he had Worf. He said, "Worf, this." This is the line, and you have crossed it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I did see you as Jake skedaddle away from him a couple of times. I remember there was just one scene where you did something wrong in the scene, and your father came in, and you ran from the main room, yeah. <laughs> scooted into your bedroom, and I just uh, died laughing because you were just like, "Oh my God, let me out of here!" Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know better. I know when the whoop is around the corner. That's right. <laughs> you were gone. And I just thought it was yeah. so funny because it just, it was, you were you were pretty tall at that point. It was like yeah. you know, maybe second season, third season. I can't remember. But it was just so funny the way you just had this reaction of like, oh man, dad's home. Dad's home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want no parts of that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all, that was also part of the loving. You know, there, it wasn't fake. You know, there were, you got disciplined. And that's, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. that's what a father does. Cause in most of our families, well, I know in my family, my father didn't do all the dis, but he was the, he was the, he was the guy in the back telling my, right. my mother would be the disciplinarian, but he was always the guy in the back going, God damn it. Didn't you listen to your mother? <laughs> but he was, he was the one we were really, you know, like really? if he really got upset, we knew what we already knew what she was going to do. But if he mm-hmm. got upset, Oh, you knew over. you were in trouble. You know, it was that it's kind over. of thing, you know. But that was also <laughs> part of, you know, that was the, the tough strength, love. the tough, right. but the strength in the house. You you knew that if you crossed the line, he was going to take care of you, you know. And that's the, I don't know. I, I grew up with two parents and, and godparents and always strong black men. And, um, you know, it's, it's that's why I loved, I guess, DS9 so yeah. much because it actually showed what I grew up with, you know, just like with different world, we, I know when I was growing up, like, where's all, where, what about us? We see all these bad kids, black kids, they show, what about the kids that are going to college and doing right? Mm-hmm. And then different world came on. Right. Like, yes. Finally. Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was actually in college when it came on. So oh, it, was, well. it was perfect. Yeah. So we still love that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yep. you know, and there was never any, you know, physical abuse by the father you know you always have that kind of thing too like you know, my father never laid a hand on me all he had to do was give you that voice it was the voice was, <laughs> i was voice uh-huh. commanded yes yeah, so. right. well <laughs> i coming from a person who got spankings and i got them oh, pretty oh, regularly. I, got those well, I, didn't just I didn't get a spanking i said, <laughs> Nobody said, didn't get no I said my father just, didn't just not my father no. oh no my 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 stepfather now, was Loretta. The, my stepfather yeah. spanked <laughs> My stepfather spanked, and my grandmothers, both grandmothers, would make you go choose your own switch. Oh, well, I had that mm-hmm. conversation too, but it wasn't. Like- oh yeah, we had to go outside to one of those cheese and choose our own switch, which was just worse. Like really, so, like you're gonna beat I'm so me with glad the switch. We moved up north. <laughs> <laughs> you too could have been raised in the south. <laughs> you see, I, you see, I, I used to like 
you know, not not if I had, you know, I didn't like it, but if I had a choice between the two kinds of whoopings I got, there was one kind which was the on-the-spot whooping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that, the one that, in the grocery means, store. That was the one from yeah, the grocery store. Th there's no conversation. Nope. It's, it's now. Right. Right. Yeah. But then the ones that I didn't really like, actually, I, I liked less than that, was the ones where you knew it was coming later. You just be riding it yeah, back. When we get home, you got a chance to marinate in that fear. And you just and you just sitting there like, damn, when we get home, what can I do about this? Uh, it was like being on death row. Dead man walking. Dead man walking. You felt it. Oh, damn. Yeah. I have told this story before to my close friends. Now here I am going to tell it on on podcast. Uh oh, <laughs> podcast. But I swear I was working in my own apartment. You know, had a. I will never forget this. I was walking down the street with my mother, and I, you know, I saw her. I don't know. We were heading back towards uh, houses. I lived in a different apartment from her in the same building, and I'm like dressed, you know, working, <laughs> and I don't know what I said to her, but she gave me. Five across the face in the street. Ooh, girl. She, she just said, I, I don't know who you think you're talking to. But I, mm -hmm. I snapped off and said something like, oh, ma, I'm not going to. Don't be so ridiculous. Wap. Mm -hmm. I will never forget. I was just standing there in the street, briefcase, <laughs> overcoat, looking like Miss CK, and she just kept on going. She was just like, you know, I was like, oh, Kitoki, yeah, mommy, I'm sorry, mommy. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I never forgot forget. myself. I don't know who I yeah. thought I was, I was for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Slap me right back in myself <laughs> on Massachusetts yeah. Avenue. If broad daylight i was like oh, I have not one of your friends that's a reminder right i couldn't do anything except laugh because it was like oh, what just happened <laughs> oh yeah jd in alaska did they make you go to pick your own switch <laughs> ice cube no Get your own no. I, I, no. Like the thing is, I I really did have like that Jake Cisco life. My mom was in the military. Right. I I wanted to be a writer at when I was younger. So like, no, she 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 had the voice down, but beyond that, it's so, like, okay, <laughs> go live your best life. Don't get into trouble. <laughs> That's it. You were you were one of them good kids. I was bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, I was bad, but I also have a brother who's ten years older than me, ah, so yeah. I knew how to get away with things. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. yeah, he paved the way. He did all he the paving. Paved the way, right? right. Yeah, yeah, he paved the way. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Black uh, parenting. Black parenting, also a sign of hardcore black love. Right. Yes, believe me, though. I've said that I'm not your friend many times. Ooh, yeah, that's Ooh. a statement. Yeah, that's I my favorite that. line, right? Or maybe not my favorite, but yeah. It's up there. Yeah, yeah, because I got three daughters, so I've said that more than once. Yeah. Boy. I am not one of your friends. Well, Yvette, seeing how you got three daughters, watch out for the youngest one, because she knows. Oh, I know that already. I've been, mm -hmm. I've, been eight, I've been on her for 18 years. She'll tell you in mm -hmm. a She tell the middle one all the time. If you just do what she says, it'll be okay. Oh, no, no, no. No, I will guarantee you that is a lie. Because, like, 
I waited till I was an adult, and then I started slipping out some of the things my brother used to do because uh, I knew how to keep a secret to keep okay. some debt. Yes, yes. And then I let out some of the things I used to do, like her way out was in California when I was in like the sixth grade. Uh, <laughs> that is against <laughs> the law. It is against the law. And I was doing it on the military base. What is the statute of limitations on that? I didn't hear anything. I ain't testifying. Uh-uh. Uh, we Why? didn't hear that. Nobody we, heard uh, that. No, I heard it. Hear. Yes, Your Honor. I did hear her say that. Prove it. Where is the loyalty? Where is the loyalty? Before we go too far astray, I wanted to ask about what my I wanted to say. My one of my favorite explorers. Okay, Tamia. Come back with us. One of my favorite episodes was Explorers, where oh, yeah. you and Cisco were on the uh, the sail the light ship, ship, the, the light, light ship. Yeah. Uh, out there, I, I love that that for that uh, father son bonding time. And I think what I like about it so much was uh, that moment that all children come to, where they have to talk to their parent and and go against what they think is the parents' wishes. You know, it's a, it's one of those first moments where we learn to fly a little bit on our own. Um, for me, that's super difficult to do. Uh, so I always took a, a lot of uh, encouragement from Jake, you know, because I still run across those situations. I mean, it, it, I was a, a, a growing into a young adult when that show aired and used it all the time. I'm still coming into situations as a grown woman where I have to uh, disagree with my mother or my or whatever parent and set aside and say, mm, I'm going to stand over here. And it's hard. It's hard to do. You know, it's very hard to stand up and say, I think this is me. <laughs> I think I'm going to go do that. And, so, and, and how loving Cisco was, um, you know, the, we fear the recrimination, right? We fear uh, rejection and denial, but instead he said, I'm always gonna support you. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love that relationship so much. I didn't have a great father relationship at any point in my life. Uh, I had father figures around me, but I did not have uh, the level of intimacy you know, I think that's what always breaks me down in The Visitor. Mm -hmm. uh, when I watch The Visitor, uh, mm. is because it shows me so much of about their interactions together. Show me what I could have had, um, and it touches me. It touches me really deeply, and it's one of the things that I, I cry every time I see The Visitor, uh, because I'm like, this is how a father and child relationship should be, and then. Of course, when he, you deserved uh, an Emmy for that performance, yes. just for that, when he comes back the first time mm. and um, and he looks at you and he says, how are you doing? How are you holding up? And you just crumble. You just go and you, that's now. what sets me off. And I'm like, look at all of that. I mean, I felt that so- Every time. Every time I watch it, I feel it so deeply. I know those moments when I can't speak it. I know those oh. moments that it just, my heart is crushing and all I can do, and all you want to do is fall into your parents' embrace. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. just every time I watch that, you were, I was like, look at this kid. 
I remember the first time I saw it because you're younger than me. You're only younger than me by a few years, you know. But I mean, still, she keeps you know, saying that. <laughs> I do. I guess I do. Huh? Uh, sorry about that. But, <laughs> I guess I'm amazed. I think I'm amazed because I look at like what I've done in my life to this point, and you were on a show when I was, you know, I was going through these stages of these experiences with you, you know, at an early age and mm -hmm. anyway, but um, I look at what you did during that moment and it's amazing to me. And so kudos to you because it lives, it still mm -hmm. lives as one of the most oh, poignant man. moments in all of television history, mm -hmm. as far as mm -hmm. I'm concerned. That's a deep, that, that is a deep yeah. scene right there. When you crumble, I mean, I feel, I feel it every time. And I've seen it, I think about 10 times and I feel it every single time. And it's, it's, it goes back to the same thing I was saying before. It's that seeing black men feel, I mean, it's so not there that I'm watching the show from God knows how long ago and it still uh, hits me because it's it's just not there. I mean, you don't see it, you know, and it it's it, it goes to the fact that no one sees us as sometimes I feel like they don't see us as human beings. You know, we're just entertainment. You know, our culture is 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 just a game to them sometimes. You know, I, sometimes how I feel, you know, and then when I watch, you know, I I have friends who are like you watch Star Trek what what happened? What happened to you? You know, I don't hear people like when they first find out I'm a big Star Trek fan. I'm like, you like Star Trek? And and yeah. when I tell them about DS9, so you got to check out DS9. It's not not the Star Trek you're thinking. You know, you need to really check it out. And um, it, it's it's because of those moments. Those moments are just they're, they're heart wrenching. But it, it all. I mean, I've seen this in other 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 um, programs, but it's it's just not the same when you see people that look like you living a life, you know, because because DS9 is a, a story from beginning to end, we, we're living a life with the Cisco's, you know, it's just yeah. not, it's not episodic. It, it, we're living that life for seven years. And it's just, it's different from watching a show that's a movie or a episode or it's just that we know the Cisco's. We know them. Uh -huh. You know, we know every, mainly everything about them. So it just makes it more profound. You know, so the visitor is everything. I love that is everything about that is just wonderful. So I tell you, you know, another one of my favorite yeah. Jake ones though is the one where you went to war when oh, you were on yeah. that planet. Yeah. And you know you have this bad experience, and then you okay, you save everybody, but it was just a fluke. And when you are telling your father what really happened, when you're reading the story to him, and he's listening to this, yeah. that's the one that makes me cry because I'm just like, this is some deep. My brother was in the war. You know, I have a brother that went to Vietnam. My father was in the war. My uncles were in war. And, you know, you, you hear this stuff, but when you see that episode and you see these people, it's like totally frightened and totally like it's just whack and it's going crazy. And this is one of the few times when you really see somebody like, okay, yeah, it's a science fiction show, but when people die, they come back and they have trauma and they're okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this was like, oh my God, I, I, I thought up. that was your Emmy as far as, okay, you get a sci-fi sister Emmy. Yes. <laughs> two sci about two. At, least, at least two sci-fi sister Emmys. Yes. I might give you a third. I'm going to let you say something in just a minute. Okay, yeah, he's got a hard stop, so let's put yes. that out there. It's good. Yes, yeah. so before we go, I'm going to let you say something in just a minute because I got to go. Remember that one, The Muse? 
Oh. Where the, the oh. where you had the the vampire chick, the, the energy vampire chick. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That was so freaky. I mean, seriously, what WTF with that one? The, did you feel weird? Because she was older. She was oh. way older than you, and it yeah. was such. It was. Women. I know, but, <laughs> it but it was so sexualized. You know, it was. Yeah, it was a little weird. It it was weird. And then when the first wrote the script, they had us in bed together. Oh, and, uh, wow. And I remember like coming to Avery, and I was like. Hey, uh, <laughs> They don't make me do this. How <laughs> old were you when that I'm one? Not, I don't know if I'm cool with this. I, I don't know. I think 17, something like that. You're like, where's my and intimacy coach? <laughs> they didn't have yeah, them back then. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I was like, in the bed bed? I was like, are we going to be naked? I didn't understand <laughs> what was happening here because yeah, yeah, I hadn't yeah. done that before. Yeah, right. And um, so I was wow. a little bit nervous about that. Yeah. Um, mm. Then they decided, yeah, that is kind of, he's too young to be kind of. <laughs> Yeah. For, the, for, for them to make it that overtly sexual, so yeah. they switched it up. Um, it's still, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it, that's a creepy it, one right there, yeah. Because I, you know, I don't see one. you don't see yeah. Jake that way, and then to do that, I was like, oh, what are they doing? That one, I don't watch, I don't watch that one, yeah. You know what? Yeah. There's a couple of them that we kind of like speed forward to the next episode. <laughs> I don't just, I don't, I skip that one. I'm like, oh no, not that one. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't excited about that. I was I was really nervous about doing that episode. Wow. I didn't like that one at all. I didn't like what they did but, there. But the other ones you mentioned, I mean, they they were they were a lot of fun. You talked about Explorers and you guys talked about the visitor and um you know, those have great memories for me. Explorers, we were on a such a small uh, sound stage. Mm -hmm. That set was so tiny that there wasn't really much room, but Avery and I are just in each other's face wherever we go. Oh wow. And I, and I like the intimacy of it and the yeah. way the light, the lighting was, and I actually like the African kind of vest he had on with, oh, the, yeah. with oh, the kind of Kentikoff like mm -hmm. kind of look to it. Um, so, you know, those were great moments. And the visitor, I mean, I was crying from reading the script, so mm. that was an honor just for me to even do it and bring it to life because the script itself, just the words on paper, made you cry. It, mm. it was you could feel the emotions, especially when you know. When I know how much I I care about Avery and, and Cisco, uh, um, so trying to envision the the script coming to life was like, where's what's gonna happen next? I couldn't. Really, I was really flipping the pages like he better be he better be alive at the end of this day. <laughs> right? <laughs> so so yeah, and you know, and then that brings you to a place where you are without words, you know, where you're you're feeling emotions, and I guess that's a bit what you were talking about about how they see us. They really don't. They give us these. Uh, they don't. They dehumanize us in some ways. They don't show us that we're complex people, mm -hmm. that we're um, emotional people, that we, you know, that there's a context to everything that we're doing and saying. It's not just a one-level flat line. You know, this is how all black people respond in this kind of right. a situation. That's not how we are. We're not this monolithic thinking group. Right. We are all complex. We're diverse. We have our own opinions and. And, and we can agree and disagree in different ways. And so I think that complexity is what made Avery so special too, because he, you, you weren't sure if, you know, is he happy or is he sad? Is he, <laughs> he, he, le he left you guessing. So you didn't know for a fact, it wasn't flatline. It was right. like, you were kind of on edge. You don't, you know, you have to guess and you have to learn. But when it came to the love aspect, 
Mm -hmm. He was adamant to show the love. Like that kissing on the forehead he would do to me a lot or he'd hug me and bring me in and give me a hug. That's him. That's him and that's what he wanted to, you know, that's how he and I felt about each other. Um, they didn't have to write that. That's what we would have done. Wow. Um, we know that. You can feel it. Hey, Jacob. Yeah. I love it when he said Jacob. Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. Jacob. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. man, thank you yeah. so much. So, Rock, before we go, is there uh, anything uh, that's coming up or that you want to talk about uh, that you want folks, the listeners, to know about? Uh, well, you know, I do have the the Abyssinian kiosk website where you can get really cool merchandise, you know, uh, represent like the shirt I got, my Haile Selassie Ooh, shirt. Nice. It's just so dope. Nice. You know, um, and we have other other gear on there. Even the Cisco Kid merchandise is really cool. But um, we'll make you sure know, that we we'll put that in the notes. Yeah, we'll put a yeah, link. Abyssinian kiosk. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is we're doing the seventh rule and we've just we love that we're growing with everybody and that. Um, you know, we just have such a good base and everybody who's supporting us is so amazing. So just check out the seventh rule. The yeah. seventh rule, folks, if you guys haven't listened to the seventh rule or yes. watched it on YouTube, it is amazing. And we have an amazing family. The chat pack. Hey, hey, chat uh, pack. How you doing up there? Let's <laughs> talk about the best of fandom is oh, yeah. uh, what you find at the seventh rule. It's, it's all of us uh, loving each other and supporting each other in a really wonderful way. And it's, it's, it's really a wonderful place. You guys have created something really beautiful there. Mm -hmm. And we want to give a real shout out to you guys for really giving us a big boost. And mm -hmm. um, you and Ryan Husk have been so kind to the Sci-Fi Sisters, featuring us on your shows and having us on and putting us on the, um, you know, B-Tech 2 and all that great stuff. So, yeah, yeah, chat. We, we, we love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. Um, I'm glad that you represented for the culture, for the Black women out there that don't have a voice in this particular area um and there needs to be more of us because science fiction allows us to have the freedom to create whatever we want and we need to see ourselves a part of that um freedom and a part of that creation and i think what you're doing by raising awareness and just making sure that other people see that we have a place here and we're not going anywhere um yes, that's sir. important <laughs> That's important. So, I, I much love to the Sci-Fi Sisters and, and big support to what y'all doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sir Rock. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate we you. really do. We appreciate your time, and it's been so much fun talking to you. And uh, really can't wait to do it again. You know, I mean, you're just a, you're just awesome. We love you. Yay. Can I fangirl now? Oh. <laughs> I know, yeah, listeners, yeah. you know, he's super cute. So, you know. <laughs> they yeah, know. They know. Thank you. Yvette. Yvette. Yes. Can you tell the folks all the places where and all the acts and stuff where they can reach us if they want to reach out to us or join the fun with the Sci-Fi Sisters? I sure can. You can find us at SciFiSisters.com. That's S-Y-F-Y-S-I-S-T-A-S.com. Join us on the Mothership. That's M-U-T-H-A-S-H-I-P. And the Five Sisters Book Club on Facebook. You can always find, you can always find us on Instagram at SciFi.Sisters. And we're also on the Twitter 
at Sci-Fi Sisters. We're on the Twitter? Like the Google? We're on the Twitter. We're on the Twitter. And the Instagrams. And the Instagrams. Yeah, all the Instagrams. We're on all that stuff. And the Book of Faces. You want to give a shout out to our sound engineer? Due to the most incredible sound engineer in the world. His name is Dos the Anonymous, and he's also responsible for all the music that he has created for this show. Anytime you hear music on this show, it is created by Dos the Anonymous for the Sci-Fi Sisters. And if anybody needs engineering skills, please look him up at Dos, D-O-S-T-H-E-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, one, the number one, at gmail.com. We have some spelling sisters, man. <laughs> we are. That's what we do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Reading is we, fundamental. <laughs> <laughs> we educate it. We educate it. Yeah. We're not like dumb. We're smart. We're smart. I'm not dumb. <laughs> I'm not Oh my gosh. And now we digress. See, this is the real Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We love y'all. Until next time. Peace, love, and hair grease. Hey, hey. Bye bye.